And when I started to think about what makes people feel like they can belong in an organization or a community or X, whatever it might be, what makes people feel like they belong? And for me, it is, I need to be a part of some kind of network that we're doing good. And I need to be feeling like I'm providing meaning and for me personally is on like a, a social, there's a social purpose behind it. There's a social impact that we're working together and collaborating and that there are people from all different walks of life figuring out how to do this together. All right, before we get into today's episode of The Meaningful Revolution, I just wanted to take a quick moment to highlight our community because you guys are so fantastic. And uh, I wanted to say that you can either leave a comment on Apple Podcasts or go to www.community.seanbutner.com to join our community to have your comment highlighted. Like, I'm so glad I checked or clicked on this. It's a down-to-earth yet powerful podcast promotes much needed inspiration in our lives from uh, Cedar, Colorado. Uh, we love to highlight you guys here in the community. So please, again, leave a comment on Apple Podcasts if you enjoy this episode uh, or any of the episodes. Community.seanbutner.com. Links below this episode so that you know. Hey everyone, welcome to the Meaningful Revolution Podcast. I am your host, Sean Butner, and today we have a one of my good friends, Kristen Ekins, who's an award-winning cultural strategist, solutions designer, master facilitator, and high-performance coach, TEDx speaker, and entrepreneur. That's a lot packed in the one sentence. That's amazing. Um, her passion and area of expertise is helping individuals, teams, and organizations drive culturally intelligent innovation. Kristen founded the Exponential Inclusion, which is has a mission to apply exponential inclusion and have massive positive impact in the world. Kristen, thank you so much for being here today. So great to see you. Pleasure, my pleasure. Sean, thank you so much for having me. Of course. Um, okay, so uh, today we're talking about exponential inclusion. So um, could you tell us a little bit what exponential inclusion is and, and just a little bit about that whole thing? Absolutely, absolutely, I'd love to. So. I'm going to start off a little bit with a, a story that, you know, I found myself, you know, as an inclusion and diversity leader in a healthcare organization and really trying to disrupt what was there in a good way, <laughs> word, in a way that some people are saying, no, disrupt, don't do it. And others will say, you know, if you disrupt pieces that aren't working or things that have been just processes, practices that have been done forever, and we haven't tried something new. These are the things that when I was in that organization, I was looking for the areas that we needed to disrupt so that we could breathe new life into it and have a more inclusive and um, you know, equitable organization that people could feel like they'd belong. And so it really started in this space. And when I started to think about what makes people feel like they can belong in an organization or a community or X, whatever it might be, what makes people feel like they belong? And for me, it is, I need to be a part of some kind of network that we're doing good. And I need to be feeling like I'm providing meaning on, for me personally is on like a, a social, there's a social purpose behind it. There's a social impact that we're working together and collaborating and that there are people from all different walks of life figuring out how to do this together. 
And so, you know, the story is more about when I was leading inclusion and diversity and creating these internal networks in the organization and seeing people burn out left and right, including <laughs> myself. Right? <laughs> right. It was it was so challenging. And at the same time, I realized, wait, there are super nodes in this organization, what I call super nodes, there are people that are game changers, they're mavericks, they're trailblazers, they're, there's so many names for them, but people who are willing to be courageous and take a risk mm -hmm. and really go above and beyond to say, how can I help and be kind to someone else and bring them in and help them be a part of this and at the same time have incredible performance on their roles and in their work. So it was this this aha moment for me when I thought, you know what, if we bring together super nodes with helping them have the tools that they need to help spread inclusion throughout an organization and layering it. So there's all levels of layering with exponential inclusion. But long story kind of short, what the goal is for exponential inclusion is to take these sparks throughout organizations like ideas, people, whatever the sparks might be, mm -hmm. and help to make it exponential, not linear. So when we try to do these things linearly, we end up with the same and it's activity driven. If we want impact, then we start looking at things that might be wild and outrageous ideas to start. But if we actually focus in on them and test them and experiment, we may say this is the most genius idea ever and it can spread throughout the organization and get many people involved. And my focus just happens to be around inclusion and belonging because I think that is what uh, makes the world tick when we can understand that we are who we are because of others. Wow, yeah, that sounds amazing, right? It sounds really um, meaningful and fulfilling. Um, could you, Maybe explain why, in particular, inclusion um, and is really meaningful to you, and how maybe you you got start. So you got started like scaling the, these programs in your organization, but there was there a moment before where maybe you were struggling with it that like set you off. Yeah, I, I love that question. So I often got the question while I was leading inclusion and diversity. Um, people would ask me in a way like. So what made you interested in this role? <laughs> <laughs> and I, it was that same question in various ways. And I was never shy from that question because for me, that's a chance to share my story, a chance mm -hmm. to see how we are all connected. Yeah. Um, also a chance to say, we all have a diverse perspective just by the definition of being human. Mm -hmm. we, we bring our own backgrounds and experiences that we can shock each other once we learn each other about, <laughs> learn about each other's stories. Yeah. So for me, uh, it started when I was back in high school, actually, and I had grown up um, in the inner city. And for me, being white, blonde hair, blue eyes in the place where I grew up, in the city I grew up and in, in the region I grew up, there were a lot of people that looked like me. So for, for me, I didn't look like an outsider, and I'm using these terms specifically mm -hmm. because of inclusion <laughs> and diversity work. I didn't look like an outsider, but I felt like one. So 
living in the inner city, I, I learned things and saw things in a different way. And then I went into private school system, still living in the inner city, but going to high school um, in a place that people looked like me, but I just was not thinking the same way as them. And it, it just, I mean, for me, my own personal experience, that's all I can speak from, but I, I felt like a fish out of water. And that was one of my first experiences not understanding why you know parents wouldn't have their kids come to my house why i was always going to other people's <laughs> houses mm -hmm. you know just understanding things in a different level and then um long story short i feel like i've said that twice now in this but i, I you know <laughs> this is where we're you know learning for me my journey has been these red threads throughout and these milestones in my life that when I went into college, I lived abroad. So I studied mm. Spanish and I studied linguistics as a double major. And I lived in Spain and in Mexico and in Costa Rica. And I lived with host families and I started to understand the language and the culture. And that is like where my hunger just, just, mm. it was exponential for me in that moment. I just said, I have to be doing, I didn't know what it was that I'd be doing. You know, I had a liberal arts degree and I'm thinking, <laughs> <laughs> what can I do with my Spanish major now? But I found that for me, teaching English as a second language, that's where, where I started to focus my efforts and actually ended up getting my master's degree in that um, and working with refugees and immigrants and migrant workers and understanding their stories. I just I was thriving in that space, learning from them. So. Yeah, I'll pause there. Oh, yeah, great. No, that's this is so super fascinating. And like some as you're explaining, I think, you know, I do a lot of work with introverts, introverted professionals, introverted business owners. Yes. And a lot of people, if you're listening, have the story of feeling like the fish out of water, feeling like, you know, you don't fit in because at least with those folks, it, it's not the right same vibe, you know, in yeah. a lot of ways. Yeah. um and bringing up like you know i'm from the northwest suburbs of chicago i've lived in indiana and arkansas and you see all sorts of folks just in this country um and the socioeconomic differences yes. that a lot of people are blind to but you can like yeah. oh like we don't go to that part of town because it's dangerous it's yeah. like why like is that true you know um I love, I love, love, love that you bring this up because this is when people talk about right now, diversity mm -hmm. and inclusion and it being buzzwords, really, yeah. um, and people not really understanding fully what it means, but because they've become buzzwords, then it's like, oh yeah, diversity and inclusion. Oh yeah, it's important. And mm -hmm. it's like, actually, it's pivotal. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> so what what it is for me when I think about diversity, mm -hmm. as I mentioned, we are all diverse. We're all part of that. Yeah. So every single one of us owns being part of a diverse world. And then when we think about what diversity actually is, it's what makes each one of us who we are. And mm -hmm. so like you mentioned, socioeconomic status, it could be religion, it could be political views, it could be ethnic. Um, it could be so many things, our gender expression, gender identity, mm -hmm. all these things make us who we are. And so that's why each one of us has a really rich story if we're willing to look in deep and see what that is, what our identity actually is. And 
how it relates to other identities and other people. Um, and that we're not unidimensional in that way. We're multidimensional. Mm -hmm. we're, we're so many things wrapped up in one human. So Absolutely. that's where the diversity is. Yeah. And the inclusion part is when we actually start to, I'll give an example, an organization, when we start to see people for who they are, and then not just see them, but actually invite people who don't necessarily get a chance to have their voice at mm -hmm. the table, or maybe they do have their voice at the table, but their ideas are never selected because of our bias that gets in the way. Mm -hmm. And so we're intentionally figuring out how to include people, their voices, their ideas, um, their ways of thinking and doing and being into our ways of living. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. Yeah. And I, I can't, my experience in corporate America, um, you know, I was a business analyst for Walmart for a while on the tech side. So yeah. I came from a programming thing and, you know, one of my favorite games with another of the business analysts is older gentleman, uh, Jeff Hayes. Um, like we we'd go to like trainings or whatever and he'd be like, who's the most quiet person? Who's the most loud? You know, who is kind of domineering their group and the different group breaks out and yeah. stuff. And just like that socio that curiosity. And I think that's what you're really talking about is that's yeah. being curious about people, that that there's so many different combinations uh, of yeah. experience and everything. And so um one, that was a fun like game to play at work when you're kind of bored in one of those trainings. But more importantly, when it came to facilitating meetings later with these, you know, all these stakeholders, understanding the on the project, the people that were working on the field came from a different economic background, had a different like formal authority and power in the organization versus the people that were the yes. business heads in the organization and being like, how do we try to make everyone happy which is a fool's errand but how do we at least get make everyone feel like they had their voice heard it was such yes uh and that's that's i would say and you could probably speak to this maybe not what people think of when it, it comes to inclusion but this happens every day in every organization every day to every person i mean yeah. every person has some challenges they run into and they feel like oh my voice isn't being heard or i can't get my ideas across there are though the next level then of some people this happens to more than others <laughs> yes. this, is, <laughs> this is where it comes in to start seeing and this is where we get our divides this is where mm -hmm. there's a lot more tension points and people saying like pointing at one group over another whether it's ethnic groups racial identities yeah. you know whatever it might be but the fact is that that especially and i work on a global scale and this happens on a global scale mm -hmm. all countries have their own story i will speak specifically about the us we were built on a structure that was not made by everyone or for everyone and so mm -hmm. just having that structure in place we're going to have gaps because we haven't completely backing to the disrupting we haven't disrupted that system enough right yes <laughs> <laughs> a new one that incorporates everyone's voices now we keep trying in different ways but it is such a challenge so mm. this is actually one of the reasons why i've created exponential inclusion i am trying to move mountains and i know there's no way that i can do this or want to do this alone 
So for me, the exponential inclusion part comes by collaborating with people around the world in different functions, different um, levels within organizations mm -hmm. and in communities. It's, it's a way for people to come together who are passionate about inclusion and belonging and understanding global leadership and how we function together, passionate about innovating and creating together, co-creating solutions, passionate about moving humanity forward in a positive way. Mm -hmm. And these are all things for me that sit at the heart of um, really why I'm here. When I think about my purpose in life, it is truly to be to be a light to others, mm -hmm. to help spread that kindness when that may not be a popular thing to do. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. And, and at the same time to say, to help other humans, help people thrive. Mm -hmm. I mean, my goal is to help all people thrive. And that's not always easy either if I don't agree with someone. But my goal when I look at them and as a high performance coach, it's to see in them mm -hmm. and say, how can I support you for who you are and what your purpose in life is? And um, specifically those who are trying to truly move us all forward in a positive way. I want to support them in doing that. Absolutely. I am like so glad that you highlighted that. I, I believe that the whole reason for this podcast is to help inspire people to do what's meaningful in their lives. And I can already tell just from talking with you how passionate you are on inclusion. And you are absolutely right, Ray. I feel like we need more leaders here that are stepping up and kind of getting over themselves and just being like, okay, how do I lead here effectively? Yeah in spite of all the weirdness that we all have, despite all the baggage that we have as a society and, you know, yeah. build that, that awesome future that um, yes. we're all yeah. thriving, we're all prospering, we're all in it together. I, I firmly That's believe right. in that. That's right. And, and the word that you said earlier about curiosity mm -hmm. and humility comes to mind, <laughs> right? The courageousness. <laughs> being super courageous and bold. I mean, these are all words that some some leaders will shy away from because you end up rocking the boat when you live into those things. Yeah. And and that doesn't necessarily mean then that you will progress. It right. may mean that someone else will progress. And that is when taking a back seat, it's it's hard for many, many people. And we, we have to be real about that. And we are all humans, so we make yeah. judgments, right? We all have bias. And at the same time, it's understanding how to deal with those feelings and reactions mm -hmm. as they come up. Yeah. So a lot of the work that I do is behavior change work. And it's mm -hmm. starting with the awareness level and just understanding myself, who I am, how I operate with others in this world, how I communicate and how that lands on people, you know, all of those things. And then it moves more into the system designs or yeah. design system change yeah. and how we disrupt in those areas. So, right. Right on. yeah, and yeah. I want to highlight too all those questions you're asking yourself for inclusion are the exact same questions anyone who's a leader should be asking themselves because if you don't know your blind spots you don't know what ruffles your feathers you don't know how you ruffle other people's feathers it's yeah. really hard to build consensus and relationships to move things forward or to get people on board so 
I love, I want to point out that duality, but it's such a key point to this. Yes. Book. And actually, I mean, to, to that point, one of the things that I'm working on with one of my clients in Saudi Arabia is called a future readiness program. It's mm -hmm. future ready leaders. And, and as part of the future ready leaders program, you're learning how to be more inclusive at the same time. You're learning, you know, how to be a better leader, how to even delegate more effectively. So it's oh, so many of these things get wrapped up into it, but if we're going to be future ready leaders, which um, this future, as we hear so much about future of work, all of that, it mm -hmm. is going to look, and we already know this, looks so different from two years ago, from three years ago, <laughs> right. from 10 years ago. And we have to always be on our toes learning and developing mm -hmm. and finding those blind spots, like you said. Right on. And I'm glad yeah. that you brought up the, this current climate. So I wanted to ask you, so there's two terms that I've heard one a little like literally this week i was reading about so there's the great resignation yep. right there's also something called quiet quitting have you heard of this quiet quitting i can imagine what it is <laughs> so yeah i i'm still trying to suss it out um what i can gather it's people either setting healthy boundaries saying i'm gonna work the 40 hours and spend time with my family and stuff which is good or yep. it's people that are like this job is completely bs and I'm going to resist by, you know, you're going to make me do busy work, then I'm going to put in minimal effort. And there's a huge debate going on. But I'm curious if we're talking about future ready leaders, if we're talking about these types of, of the great resignation, you know, people leaving bad jobs or switching yeah. up their careers or yeah. all that kind of stuff. How mm -hmm. does inclusion or the opportunity of these big kind of societal things? Yeah. How does that present an opportunity for inclusion to be part of the future mm. in a more significant manner? Mm, that's a really, really good question. You know, there's there's a few things I think of right away that with with a great resignation, it allows for, first of all, more entrepreneurs to mm -hmm. say, I'm ready to raise my hand. <laughs> you and I aren't part of this, right? I mean, we've been yeah. doing this for a little while, but at the same time, it's it's saying, you know, I see my talent. So for the individual, if they've mm -hmm. decided to leave and they say, I can see my talents and I have confidence that I'm going to go test this out and try this out and I'm going to believe in myself. And I would say to those entrepreneurs, those, those small business owners to not just do it based on your own confidence in yourself, but then mm -hmm. also to have your community around you. And that yeah. community, you know, can be your family and friends. It can be supporters who have been colleagues that have worked around you and test it with them to say like, what do you think of this idea? Mm -hmm. This is what I'd like to pose and try. You know, I'm, I'm actually in, at Stanford right now in an executive program. Awesome. And, and it's, it is, it is awesome. And I'm in this course on design thinking and and i use design thinking in in the way i train and when i facilitate and oh, awesome. help people so this is like one of the ways that i approach inclusion and which is i guess this is my value proposition and how i bring this this element to the world differently is that i combine innovation like techniques for innovation and social innovation and how we actually get to solve problems together. I use design thinking techniques and other innovation um, focused mm -hmm. ideas. I use that to solve these problems and I bring together really diverse groups 
So this is where the diversity comes into it. I bring in groups who have various perspectives, which can cause a major clash when you mm -hmm. first bring you know, <laughs> diverse thinking together in one room. And so it's figuring out how do we do this? So I, I help teams figure out how do we work most effectively together, understanding we want to bring our strengths and our differences mm -hmm. to this so that we get more innovative ideas, but we know we won't get there and research shows us we won't get there unless we have understood how to work more effectively together. And they call that cultural intelligence. So I do a lot cool. of work in this space. Yes. Um, so it's having these skills to do that. So I combine then the innovation space with the inclusion space and cultural intelligence work with then um, high performance. And, cool. and I know we'll get to this, but how looking at high performance in a different way than a lot of my corporate clients have seen it before. So <laughs> <laughs> so that is, that is for me being able to do that and see for entrepreneurs, they mm -hmm. take what they, they take what they know is really solid and good about them. Great ideas that they have. And some of them will go and flourish right now and thrive in that space. Others where I'm seeing their space for inclusion and more belonging is in those organizations as, as an individual is in that organization, there may become more gaps now mm -hmm. and maybe more opportunities to show skill sets that can fill those gaps that people weren't seeing before and this is on the individual that being courageous to show what skills they have now or maybe they've been upskilling during covid and they're saying mm -hmm. hey look what i can do now <laughs> so <laughs> right. courage to put that out there but then at the same time i i really if, if you're a manager leader in an organization or I really encourage you to start looking at your team differently, right? I mean, mm. that is where when I'm working with future ready leaders, I'm saying, so where are your blind spots when you look at your team? Have you asked them what they love doing, you know, what they're really encouraged by? And I, and I think by digging in deeper and knowing your team members better, mm -hmm. we're going to start to see how we can disrupt systems that, that weren't working before. Right on. Yeah. So I, I'm, Loving the, the connection of innovation and inclusion going forward, um, you know, because I was it something like 80% of businesses that's, you know, start end up failing in the first three to five years, um, yeah. which is a lot, but how much of that might be, um, how could you maybe be that 20% statistic if you had more perspectives, if you had more angles to kind of pick apart an idea which i really love that concept mm. um, and how the ripple effects of how society changes when we're actively open to different perspectives and, and that collaboration right yes. and having someone that worked in silicon valley for yes. six years um it's not the smartest person that usually makes the biggest difference they can make a big difference. They can also cause a lot of problems with ego. Yes. And so, but the, the teams that are, and companies that are consistent over time are the ones that can check the ego and say, what's best for the organization? What's best for this product? What's best for the customers? And that uh, open question through different perspectives, you'll find the, the right match that, that people really I love it. happen. Yeah. yeah. 
because <laughs> that's exactly it though because the so i worked in silicon valley for about two and a half years or so about two years okay. but i worked remotely so oh, it wow. was, okay <laughs> yeah, so i wasn't technically physically there but i would visit once a month and the the interesting thing that i saw was you know really innovative ideas that would get squashed immediately mm -hmm. and because that wasn't the loudest voice in the room or that wasn't um, the popular thing to think of. And, and right. even though, and it's not just Silicon Valley, of course, that right. that happened. Uh, yet at the same time, when we think about how do we actually solve the problem, you, you said it, it's like we're getting these perspectives, these diverse perspectives from, and this is to my, my uh, Stanford course in, in design, <laughs> from the user, from the customer. Yeah. And, the customer might actually be our colleague if we think about it, you know, like who mm -hmm. might doesn't have to be the paying person, but who might that customer be? So always put ourselves in someone else's shoes and think about it from their perspective. And if we practice empathy on that level, like deep level, actually mm -hmm. digging in, doing the discovery that we might need, if we really have a challenge we're trying to solve, have we gone through the process of discovery and then getting multiple ideas in the room and ideating together and even go so far as prototyping something and mm -hmm. testing it out on people? So a lot of the tech world, I'm actually bringing into the space of inclusion and belonging yeah. and then saying, you know, how do we, this is where the disruption comes in and this is where moving from linear to more exponential. Um, you know, it's two, it's these from two shifts that start with a mindset and if people aren't willing to start with a growth mindset then they're still in that very beginning awareness phase of behavior change and they got a little ways to go to move <laughs> <laughs> absolutely you have to start somewhere i'm not knocking them at all but it just is one of those facts that mm -hmm. it, to really truly get involved and and start to to make movement in this space we need people to start at least with that growth mindset to say, yeah. Hey, I've got something to learn. Absolutely. You know, that, that particular mind, I mean, the reason why you, you hear about it so much in like personal development stuff or then the high performance stuff is that it's so key to growth, right? You know, because if you're not courageous enough to make mistakes, if you're not courageous enough to say, Hey, I don't know about this, and you stop trying that's when that's you know kneecaps learning and you can't move ahead you know so right that's right that's right and that's that's where unfortunately i think over the last few years you know people have paused and they have started to see things you know it, some are shaking out of it right now but when they went into this pause mode it was they it was almost a stop learning and I'm speaking specifically in space of inclusion and it became a, um, oh yeah, we understand with all of the events that have happened around the world with, you know, the pieces that we can see are horrible. Yes. Inclusion and diversity are important, right? We see that racism lives. We see that, you know, you can just keep putting out there all these things, but the thing is, we've stopped often just right there to say like, okay, then let's, and companies might say, okay, let's hire someone specifically mm -hmm. in our space and in inclusion and diversity, which is, is a good thought. It's an action to go with the words, 
uh, you know, putting out statements to go with the, the intent that they really want to make a difference. So they're trying really hard. And at the same time, sometimes they're pulling in people who have never been in this space mm -hmm. and they're just in the organization and maybe they have a passion for it or an interest in it or a lived experience, but it's not the same as someone who's trained in the space of inclusion and diversity. And I say that because we would never pull someone in. You wouldn't pull me into a finance role because I've owned a business and have lived experience in working in finance in my business, but you wouldn't pull me into a finance role just because of that. But we do that in inclusion and diversity. And I really feel for the people who get pulled into that role because then they end up burning out. Yeah. It's sad. It's really sad what's happening right now, now that they've been in there for about a year. Um, I have seen so many turnovers in this space, mm -hmm. which is usual, but now it's more than what it used to be. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I, I think yeah, it's exacerbated by everything else kind of going on from what I've seen also. That's right. That's right. So this is actually one of the things that I'm working on is pulling together some of the high performance group coaching for people oh, who are awesome. in transition, you know, like rather they've transitioned into a new role um, mm -hmm. or they've transitioned into the inclusion and diversity space, or, you know, typically it's around those who are in inclusion and belonging or in that innovation space, because they run like parallel lives in many ways. <laughs> right. <laughs> so let's figure out how to help support them and help them thrive when it it's not always the easiest space to try to thrive in. A hundred percent. And just for people, again, if you're not familiar with high performance, when we say high performance, the definition is to beat what's ever normal in your life without destroying your relationships and health in the process or burnout. Yeah. It's the same thing as burnout. So um, just that's that's kind of how high performance helps in this particular uh, on this topic and in instance. Um, but it's good for anyone that, that's trying to get ahead, that's trying to to really reach their full potential. Um, and that feeling of, of presence and joy and confidence that we talk about yes. all the time. Yes, I, I love that you jumped in to define it because uh, like I said earlier, I think it's, it, I know it is misunderstood what mm -hmm. high performance is, you know, and I, I'm yeah. sure Sean that you've run into this as well in our work. <laughs> and then, yeah. and then people say like, oh yeah, I'm a high performer. And then you get into it and you start asking about it. And really they've burned relationships. They've, um, yeah. their well-being, you know, it's not good. They're not healthy. They're not feeling well. They don't have the energy to, to make it through the day. And I say that cause I I've been there and I thought Same. I was a high performer. <laughs> <laughs> Same. <laughs> so just, just then understanding what actually has allowed me to break almost free of that hold of thinking, okay, I've got to achieve, achieve and, mm -hmm. you know, push hard because I know I'm an achiever. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean I slow down on things. However, I now achieve in my well-being space at yeah. the same time. It's <laughs> <That's> so important. <laughs> yes. And I achieve in my relationships with my family and make sure that those are all pieces that are a part of my life. And I'm designing mm -hmm. the life that I want to live uh, rather than allowing others to really control and say, mm -hmm. this is how it should be. It's like, wait, hold on. 
life is really an experiment. <laughs> we're, <laughs> on, <laughs> totally. we're on this journey, right? We're trying to figure out how to A, operate with others, mm-hmm. how to be, you know, do what we love to do. And maybe some of us aren't in that phase yet, but for me, that's a non-negotiable. Yeah. Now I have to love it, right? I have to find joy and energy in what I do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if we can figure out the piece, and this is, again, why I do this work is because if we can figure out how how to work in a space and collaborate and build and grow together, we're going to thrive so much more and find joy in life so much more. Absolutely. Especially, you know, we spend so much time at work. And, and I just wanted to, to go back. So I think this really segues into a really nice question of, If you were to look at someone, if you're going to hire someone that's in diversity and inclusion, like what would you look for as as an indication that they're at the top of their game, that they are really an expert and really great at it versus someone that's super passionate about it, but maybe still figuring it out or got promoted into it and didn't really want it, but now they were told to do it or whatever the scenario might be, you know, because I'm sure that happens too. That's a really good question. So the the piece that I, I would say is, first, of course, you're looking at their experience in this space. So this is, it's a hard one. So I, I've worked in HR, right? And currently have a role with a client that I'm a talent management consultant oh, with a cool. global organization. So there's, and that's, you know, different layers. So when you're looking at talent, you, they may have a passion, and that is really good, but you're trying to see, and it depends on the level of role that you're putting them in. If you're looking for a senior leader, this is when they have to have experience in this space. Um, they have to have had some kind of role, and it doesn't have to be as a senior leader, but it has to be, you know, in they have to have talent in system design. They have to understand what the organization looks like and how to design the organization, the shifting that might happen, um, you know, for them to have some, you know, HR experience, or at least they don't have to come from HR, but understanding the piece around HR and the talent and how that works is critically important. Um, Then also, I mean, a lot of people who are in inclusion and diversity, some come from finance, some come from legal, some come from marketing. I mean, they come from all different areas and that's actually amazing because then you get a pool of leaders that are coming from all different functions. So they're seeing again from really diverse perspectives, but you want to make sure that they've, they have actually tried to do the work that you are asking them to do (laughs) or even thinking strategically. So here, here is the biggest challenge for leadership in this space is that, and I, I parallel this again to innovation. They are asked to be subject matter experts in so many things. You have to be good with finance and budget. You have to understand legal because mm-hmm. you're often doing compliance work. You have to understand business systems because you're doing strategy work across the organization with the C-suite and CEO. You need to then also understand talent and employee engagement and how to get people involved in the work. Uh, you, I mean, there's so many more things. You can keep going with this. So <laughs> this is where like they are system level leaders. And so you need people who can see systems at that level when they're at the top. 
That's not necessarily the same for people who are in roles that they are like working in employee engagement and whatnot, that that's a critically, so not leaders in that level, but if they're coming in to, to be new in the space, then yes, let's get people from all different walks of life and functions because they can see things differently and learn the role. But the leader part is the part where I'd push back to say, you really need to look to see, you know, what experience they've had in this space. There is one caveat though. So (laughs) it's also looking to see, you know, has that leader, um, I don't, have they actually, how do you say this? (laughs) (laughs) They, so they, they can be, have done this work and this stands not just for inclusion and diversity, but for any, they can have done this work for a long, long, long time or, you know, have done really good work. But if it is, they're trying the same solution Mm. for every organization they're in, then they're, they're missing the boat, right? If they're not testing and trying and trying new ways in new organizations, because each organization lives and thrives in a different way. Mm -hmm. And so that's the one thing I would say is if it, if they come in saying, this is the only solution for this organization because this is what i've done in the past then i would say pause and dig in deeper to see what's below the surface right that is such a great call out when dealing with any talent right like the red flag of like are they doing the same thing over and over again which if you're new to an organization new to a role i could give you an initial edge or initial bump if people haven't been doing it that way but if they're not willing to adapt to learn to go back to that growth mindset we were talking about earlier, that is going to um, cause problems for you later. So I love that little um, pull apart. I also had a a question. Um, So we talked about a leader in inclusion, if it's in in diversity, if this is a new role, how often Mm -hmm. do you see that organizations hire one person to handle it? Where it sounds like you listed off a team of expertise (laughs) But I imagine a lot of times one person has to figure out, right? Um, how, what's yes. your experience in that? So I think things are, uh, I know I can't say they're quite changing, but so there's different ways organizations look at this and it depends how large the organization is and what governance model they choose. So it really comes down to there's not just one way to do this, but there are some that will take a very centralized approach that there is one leader of inclusion and diversity, and then they have a small team. And I think one of the surveys most recently said, you know, three to five people max on the team. That is typically the center of excellence for inclusion and diversity, right? (laughs) And that can be called many things right now, Mm -hmm. DEIB, DEI, ID and E, it's usually never D I E, diversity, inclusion, huh. equity for the acronym. <laughs> That's awesome. So there's and there's a D E I B A for access and accessibility. So there's there's so many things you can call it, but one of the ways is just having one leader. But then what happens with those sometimes the challenges. Uh, all the issues around inclusion and belonging and equity get funneled to the one area and they're dealing with all of those issues the entire time and it becomes less of employee experience work. Mm -hmm. So 
how we actually work together and function together, the culture side. So that's really what I'm talking about. The work that I do is the human experience and culture transformation work. Mm -hmm. What often happens if you have a small team, it becomes, uh, we do mandatory trainings. We, you know, and we're rolling <laughs> out trainings all the time. We're dealing with EEOC, you know, and, and, and compliance because that's a foundation. You have to have those things. So there's nothing wrong with that, but it is a challenge if that is what you're for an organization, if the whole function is only about that, then you're missing a whole world. Mm -hmm. of helping people work across the organization together. So that's when we miss out on the high performance work. We miss mm -hmm. out on the innovation work that can come from it. Um, and we're really only functioning to check the box. Yeah. This is where I like hand off different things. And I say, mm -hmm. like, if you're looking to check the box, I'm not the right one to help you. I may know others that can. <laughs> so <laughs> that check is important, yeah. but I'm ready to go to the next level with you all. Um, mm -hmm. the one other one I'll mention, there's a few other structures that, that companies use, but one other one is more like a hub and spoke. And this mm -hmm. is one, you know, when you're larger, you can have different leaders who are in the different business units. And then in the business units, they actually have pods of people or ambassadors or, mm -hmm. you know, so you get at it in different ways that there may be specific positions. That's the leader in that business unit. But then it may be more a volunteer basis. A lot of people have employee resource groups. A lot of companies have those ERGs. Mm -hmm. yep. um, they might call them inclusion resource groups, specifically when they're around inclusion and diversity work. Um, there's there's a lot of different ways to get at that networks. But this is also what I'm talking about with the exponential inclusion piece. Mm. It's actually finding those champions that are you know the key super nodes within an organization and you're connecting them together and it's not just ergs but that's a part of it mm -hmm. you're finding people and you're helping to to spread you know whether it's an idea and help it to go and you're doing the actual project work together so it's not just talk which i think there's some amazing inclusion resource groups employee mm -hmm. resource groups out there so i don't think those are just talk they've helped move things forward in organizations. This is the thing though, having these networks, having the key sponsors in organizations that can help companies, help individuals, leaders take action, having leaders who can be bold and courageous. Mm -hmm. Those are all really key to help any, and I know you didn't really ask this, but any inclusion, diversity, equity, and belonging initiative, program, any word you wanna call it, I call it the ecosystem. To get those to work, you have to have help from top down, yeah. bottom up, middle out, and that engagement has to be working on all levels. A hundred percent. Like, to, so because I'm a nerd and I come from technology, we had a saying that quality, like quality assurance, the quality of your product, yes. is a whole organization sport, not just for QA at the end, where you're like you have no opportunity to fix things. Like, you really have to be thinking about it from the inception of the idea to the design of it to the actual implementation and how that gets sourced out to the, the QA, the follow-up, the all that. Like it's yeah. a whole organizational play. So that's awesome. It is. it is. So, I mean, if we can start thinking about this space and this is why I get so excited about this because we have <laughs> people like you and me coming together mm -hmm. that we have very different backgrounds, mm -hmm. right? 
you're an analyst before I was in HR, right? Coming together and we're saying like, oh yeah, what if we use this process, which is typically used in the IT space or in, you know, mm -hmm. whatever it might be. And we merge it with this way of thinking or this person who thinks in this way. And we start pulling these things together and it's not going to be easy all the time, but what if we experiment with these things together? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just to me so much fun, but also like, why haven't we done this so much more? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's my next question to you. Um, I'm kidding. <laughs> In a fusion of people, fusion of ideas, fusion of, you know, our ways of practicing thinking and doing. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that's where I just, I find joy in this work because every day is new. And every day you're finding people who see the world in a different way and you're mm -hmm. learning more about yourself by seeing it from their eyes in a different way or seeing yeah. a practice. It, it's just, it's a lot of fun in that way. Yeah, absolutely. I can, like, I love creating things and like, this seems yeah. like the Star Trek adage, infinite, uh, what is it? Infinite combination or no different infinite possibilities infinite combination i'm totally yeah. butchering that all the nerd folks are going to be it great to me <laughs> just kidding <laughs> it's like the, the no, saying, I, but yeah yes but that is the thing like if if we can look at and this is one of the the from two shifts if you can mm -hmm. look at it from not a finite mindset mm -hmm. but that an infinite mindset like and you're saying oh wait this challenge may have infinite ways that we can get to a solution. It's not just one way. There's never just the one way you get to it. There right. may be one best solution in that moment and for mm -hmm. that environment and space, but it doesn't mean that next week that will also still be the best one. Right. So, <laughs> so that I, I love, I mean, that is all of these from two shifts that we think about from our, our mind, like from the fix to the growth, from the finite to the infinite, we're looking at from the linear to this more exponential way of seeing it. And, you know, instead of the dun, 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 and moving up, mm -hmm. that is, that's what we're working on. Right on. So, okay. Um, we've covered so much ground. Um, so really quick to kind of start bringing it home. If someone was new to, to exponential inclusion and wanted to, either themselves bring it into their work, their life, or you're a business leader, business owner, and wanted to get started on the right path in implementing and just kind of wrapping your head. Would there be like like, like two or three things that they could start doing today, like habits-wise, that would help them just get started? Yes. So I'll speak to those who want to be future-ready leaders. Right. And some of the ha habits that you can do to, to really get started to be a more inclusive leader, because I've put myself in that. We all can always be more inclusive and own it. The biggest thing is, and this leads into the cultural intelligence. So it's, it's first just accepting the <laughs> fact <laughs> that we are human, that we have bias and understand if we're driven to do the hard work when the hard work presents itself, right? When the challenge is there, when I am face to face with someone that I'm not seeing eye to eye with, and I might feel it right in my gut 
that and it may actually you have a physical your amygdala gets triggered you have a physical reaction your face starts getting red that's what happens to me but whatever it might be for you <laughs> uh when you start feeling that rise up then that's when you pause yourself and take a deep breath so this is kind of like a habit that is not a daily habit that you build in but you have to train yourself to do that to to actually pause in the moment when you feel like what is this? Like, I don't, I don't understand this. Um, I don't understand that person. I don't like how this is turning out. There may be another reason for why this is happening. And I, I will say, I mean, again, it happens to all of us. My husband caught me in one the other day that I got upset with. <laughs> I got upset with and he was like, whoa. And I kind of went off the tracks. And I was like, I, I don't understand why they're doing this. And he said, well, there could be multiple reasons that you don't know why they're reacting this way. And I was like, oh, this is what I teach on a daily basis. And he <laughs> taught me that. Yes. <laughs> but it was really helpful because sometimes we need someone else to point it out, the blind spots, the things that we don't see. And it actually was something, a backstory that I didn't realize what was happening to that person. They couldn't make it to a call. It felt like it was happening continually that they were canceling it that week. And there just happened to be a series of really <laughs> things they could not control to not make it to that meeting. And so it's all of us need to pause in that moment. So that first thing is learning to pause yourself, take a breath and understand what's behind it for someone before we react. Um, that, the yeah. second, yeah, the, the second thing I'll mention is, and I think this is just a high performance habit for, for everyone. I think it applies for inclusion and diversity and equity and the work that we do as leaders in the space is, is a gratitude journal. It's, you know, like, because it's hard work. And this is whether you're a leader in that space or just a leader and you're trying to understand how to be more inclusive and collaborative, then it's when you can pause and look back at the day and say, I'm really grateful for this and I'm really grateful for this. And if you think about the challenges that you had during that day and just pause for a moment on those and say, like, what was I grateful about in that challenge, in that moment? How did I see someone differently or how do i see myself differently now as a result and that's just a really good way to put your mind frame in a whole nother place mm -hmm. so that you can, you know the next day hopefully sleep well that night and the next day wake up with a fresh mindset that's positive so you can react differently if there was a situation that day before excellent so those are those are two there's a there's a lot more but i'm gonna i'm gonna pause on two unless you want me to say any more no, no, I, I think hey, those are really powerful. Just like taking that that pause and then going back to growth mindset and being curious about people. You know, like you don't know yes. if somebody had a, a family member die from That's right. unexpectedly or something. You don't know if it's yeah. low blood sugar. You know, sometimes That's it's right. it could just be they haven't had breakfast. You know, right. um, I personally believe giving the benefit of the doubt to people um, is the it's just easier for you to live, honestly. Like, um, you're not putting stories on other people and then 
when you're wrong, you double down because you're embarrassed that you're wrong. I see this happen all the time. It's just like, yeah. no, like, they didn't mean to, you know, yell at you for taking the last soda or whatever, you know, it's like, <laughs> um, so that, that, that interpersonal skill of take a beat, give some positive intention, have a little bit uh, of grace and take your ego out of it too. Like some of it is like, oh, you're insulting me. It's like, no, you're in a bad, that's on you. And I can separate myself. I think that's really important. And this gratitude journal of recognizing your progress, because I imagine this work mm -hmm. isn't linear and it's not exponential and how good it can be. I'm sure that it could be feeling really good and then feel like it's going really bad and you kind of like bounce around until you get to a equilibrium. So like, how do you ride that roller coaster you know it's <laughs> buckle yourself yes. in for the crazy yes. ride yes absolutely and it, it every day you know changes when you're leading in this work every day looks different when you're a leader dealing with people every day it looks different too yeah. <laughs> like <it> just, <laughs> present different things every single day and and yeah. when i was doing a one-on-one -on -one coaching session just the other day you know the the leader was saying what like i don't understand what that person was thinking and to your point we usually then when we don't understand and there's a gap we fill that gap mm -hmm. with what we think yeah. like you just said and we then make these assumptions and often they're wrong <laughs> quite often <laughs> So it's figuring out how, how do we how do we then just pause long enough and be curious and ask those questions. Um, and this is deep work, this this work. Yeah. So I really feel like, you know, I thought about for a long time, am I doing really inclusion and diversity work? Yes, I've come from that space. I've come mm -hmm. from working with uh, people from all over the world. I've come from teaching English to speakers of other languages. I've seen from multiple perspectives and I'm like, is this really inclusion work or is this just humaning work? Yes. Like I, <laughs> <laughs> yes. We call it inclusion and diversity, but truly what I, what I hope we all can get to at some point is I can call it, I'm helping, I'm helping us human better. I'm helping us to like, yeah live and thrive for who we are and who we want to be and we can show up in a such a a better way if we start practicing some of these habits and learn that this is not just a one time go to a training mm -hmm. and okay i've got it now no because yep. <laughs> i am i am like you mentioned i'm a master facilitator and i can tell you if someone <laughs> walked out of one of my trainings and said i'm good I'm like, well, then I should have just been like paid, I don't know, billions of dollars and I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So it will take time and it is a journey. Yet at the same point, the encouragement I can give to people is, um, cause I know it can be frustrating to hear like it's a journey and I have mm. to live on this journey forever. Yeah. At the same time, we have wins in this. And this mm -hmm. is why, you know, said, journal so that you can see the ones. And if you're not a journaler, fine. Then every once in a while, just write down when you've had a win. And yeah. so like write down, here's my struggle. And here, here's one of the wins in the space. I, I really, I communicated with this person um, that I've really struggled to communicate with. You know, and I, I feel like I've sat in that, whether that's a spouse or a partner mm -hmm. or a friend or it's a colleague, you know, or, you know, I, I went outside of my comfort zone and it felt 
really scary when I started doing yeah. it. Yep. And at the same time, I felt good because the other person expressed to me how how that helped them feel like they belong or how that mm -hmm. helped them feel like they weren't such an outsider in the space because I took the initiative to go outside of my own comfort zone. That That is a win. And so we just can start to calculate those wins a little bit more and say like, this is this is um, work that we all have to live into just to be better humans. Absolutely. You know, um, I'm always telling the people that I work with, like, you need reflection time to own and to feel and to have a little bit of pride in all the amazing things that you're accomplishing. Because so many times it's just on to the next thing or like, you know, the yes. kids pull you away or you know, life happens and we're, you know, life is going to happen all the time. And, and um, I love the idea of thinking of it as a journey also, because it is like, you don't, we're going out in the wilderness. Sometimes it feels like you're in the middle of nowhere. You don't know if you're going the right way or the wrong way, but that's part of the adventure of it. So. Yes. Yes. And that we summit. So if we move on with that metaphor, you know, like we can be hikers and go and summit something and that that still that summit isn't the end. You just <laughs> made it to the top right now. You right. got to make your way back down again and have your experiences on the way down. And that may not be the last time that you go on a hike and right. you go on another mountain and find another thing to summit. Or so you see the next taller mountain and go, gosh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Start walking towards exactly. that, you know? Exactly. Okay. So, yeah, two more questions for you real quick. Uh, and I really love this question because it usually gets people thinking. So we talked about if you were a beginner in this space, a couple of habits you should start. What if you're already on that journey? Maybe you've summited a couple of mountains along the way and you want to amplify your exponential inclusion journey um what would be one to three things that you think would be really important for the, the people that are you know have started and are on the way but really just need to get to the next level maybe it's um things that you've noticed helping people along the journey that are in the intermediate kind yes of I, I love that because in the beginning it's about exposure to new experiences and people and different ways of seeing the world you're building your awareness when you're an intermediate level in this space and you've said, okay, I've, I've dabbled in this. I really enjoy it. I, I feel like I'm getting better and being more inclusive and um, my collaboration skills are getting better and I'm teaching others on my team to be more collaborative. Then the first thing is continuing to push yourself in that learning journey to see okay. where, yeah. you can take, <laughs> where you can take different types of learning and pull it into this learning. So again, taking it from design thinking, taking it from, you know, whatever your area of expertise is, because the challenge with this space is that we often see it in a silo and people talk about this space as, oh yes, inclusion and diversity. And we have this, this that we do when really it lives across organizations and it lives across you know communities it lives across so it's there's this intersection always and this is where the super notes so the action would be getting involved in something that is more like a network that can get you involved get you understanding different ways of seeing and learning keep broadening your perspective 
and then also taking action. Mm -hmm. So when you continue to move on this behavior change, you know, journey in this journey of, yes, I'm deciding I want to support this work. You are then, as you decide, deciding to take action. So the difference between the beginner and more advanced learner in this space is that they're not just learning for learning's sake. They're mm -hmm. learning so that they can apply it and move the world forward. Awesome. I love that. Um, there's a, a, one of my previous guests, uh, Emmanuel uh, George, if, if you yes. um, he was talking about leadership and he mentioned that the higher up as a leader, you go in an organization, the smaller your peer group gets, but yes, really it's shifting your mindset that your peer group is the same position in other organizations around you, you know, and he was talking in pharmacy and that thing. And, and I love that idea of getting involved in that network um, that can help you support you, um, can help you work through problems like that is such a powerful amplifying yes. force in the world. And, and so that that's so awesome. And I know that you have that group again, the uh, I'm going to I want to call it super inclusion. That's not what you call it. Though. I like it though. No, so I have. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's exponential inclusions innovators network. The innovators, so, network. okay, yeah, yes, but but we are bringing our superpowers to it, and it you know <laughs> really putting um, inclusion on that next level. So what what we talk about in this is so we're all really exponents in this work. Mm -hmm. We are people who um, so those who join this were people who believe that inclusion, diversity, equity, belonging, these are really important things and that we have to figure out how to do it better so that we can be more collaborative, vibrant, positive in this world and all thrive. So that's kind of the, the basic foundation of it. But then the network itself, so I actually just launched this network and I'm looking for oh, people awesome. who are interested in being founders. Yes. Whoa, so as founding awesome. members, we come in and the goal is, and really just for this network, we're co-creating pretty amazing things together. So I go live and I bring in other experts to go live once a month that we show up 90 minutes, we can meet each other, have some networking with each other, learn from each other. And then we also have, so there's a platform of course that we can do some discussions on on the back end and watch replays. But the thing that I really love about this network is that we also have challenges that we work on together. Mm. So a monthly challenge that we put out for each other and we may, we may, you know, I'm, I'm crowdsourcing the ideas for those right now and then create it as a, how might we statement, you know, how, oh, how awesome. might we, <laughs> uh, you know, and whether it's, you know, how might we, if it's a grand, grandiose idea, how might we first, um, you know, create more inclusive lunch rooms, <laughs> right? Someone might have <laughs> right. an idea like that. Um, and people might vote that up and say like, yes, that's so important to us. And then others might say, well, how, how might I be a more future ready leader or a more inclusive leader? Or how might I bring my team who is incredibly diverse around the globe? How might I bring them together to be more effective? You know, so those are some examples, but we're going to crowdsource them and bring them from the group to say, how do we work on these together, whether they're individual challenges or group challenges that we have. Oh, that's awesome. That's really like, that sounds so cool. 
<laughs> yeah. I'm super, it's super fun. stoked for you. And, and it's really for people who are, um, you know, again, across different functions and the, the basis is that they believe that this is important and that they want to do something about it. So take some action. Um, so we'll learn together, but the taking action part is critical. And so really I see people who are, and people who have come to me to say like, okay, finally, it's those who feel like misfits. They feel like they've been lonely in their own workspace because mm -hmm. um, they're doing really important work, but they don't feel like they have a place to connect and help build and move something like this forward. Uh, it's people who, who have these outrageous ideas that maybe have had their hands slapped uh, because mm -hmm. they bring these ideas to the table and their voice gets shut down. Right? So it's creating a space that we can come together and hear these ideas, build each other up, support each other, uh, and then also move some of these ideas forward. So I'm, I'm really excited about this network. That's amazing, you know, and I, I think going back to like the great resignation and quiet quitting, I think one of the big retention issues of organizations, one of the big just feeling appreciated is just that act of like test for test for your organization. If you're listening is, can you have an idea and have the ability to go implement it without people telling, you no, ridiculing you, shutting you down? Because um, mm -hmm. that's innovation. I think that's good. Learning, that's how you get people to have ownership in your organization. Um, that's how, you know, um, yeah, it, it's just, that's another way to maybe use this idea, but it's such a, a great thing to help people just feel like they belong in an organization. That's kind of what the goal is. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I think I challenge and hopefully it came from our discussion today that, you know, my view on this work means that we're all involved in it because mm -hmm. we're humans and because yeah. we are all diverse <laughs> beings. Yes, yes. So we, we all need to be involved in this. And mm -hmm. then at the same time, we can all look at it for ourselves to say, um, where might I be not bringing my ideas because I felt like they weren't welcomed, you know, yeah. or I felt like I didn't belong in this space. And the more we can actually do that introspection and look at ourselves in that way, we can connect with others who feel this even more on a daily basis um, or feel it more often, but just having the empathy to connect and understand what it feels like to be an outsider, what it feels like to, to not belong. Then when you see someone and you see something in action that you're like, that's, that's not right. How can I then, even if it's uncomfortable for me, reach across and say, how can I support you? Yeah. Oh, excellent. Excellent. So, okay. I got one final question to bring yeah. us home. And that is, um, do you have any habits um, that keep you on purpose every day, every week or every month? Oh, yes. I have lots of habits, but what I'll, <laughs> what I'll bring. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> what I'll bring it to is, you know, for me, the mindset piece has been the biggest piece for me personally. So if, if I, um, my habit along that is every morning when I wake up, um, mm -hmm. I, I need to, I need to learn something. So there's, whether it's an app that I'm listening to that someone is talking about, you know, motivation, getting excited, um, seeing the world fresh that day, 
or if it is a meditation that I do, that I'm listening to an app to calm me so that I have voice, my voice isn't so loud, just chattering in my own ear or others in my ear, right? That I'm, that I'm listening between the lines is really what I'm looking mm -hmm. to do. So I'm trying to quiet myself long enough that, that I can hear and see what kind of, how can I bring my fullness today to others? And that if I'm, if I don't have that energy, which I've been in, in the past, right. And the other burnouts that I've had, it's really been critical that I physically got sick because of those burnouts. Mm -hmm. And so I have to understand the, the weight of the mental work this is. And so for me, that that's the number one habit is that if I, if I don't pause during the day, and then the second related to that is breath work. So, okay. you know, and, and actually pausing, let's say for me, 3 p.m. is, is one of the times that I, that I say, okay, I've worked pretty hard today. <laughs> hard today. Have I been breathing? Have I been in enough air that like, allows me to get energized and continue on? Or even, you know, even between meetings, let's say I'm in a meeting, Zoom meeting every single hour, a new meeting, then I, I am trying to keep up this and be consistent with this, mm -hmm. that I at least turn off my camera for a moment and take a deep breath before I go into the next. And I stand mm -hmm. and I sit right now I'm standing. Um, I raise my desk up and sit. So I balance my position quite a bit. Mm -hmm. So these are all habits that I've stacked in, but mainly to help me stay focused, help me to stay calm, stay centered, um, and to hear, hear others around me. Wow. Okay. That's so much goodness there. I love the mindsets. I love the break work, the breaks, the, the moving of the body, which we talk about in high performance all the yes. time. So, all right, Kristen, this has been an absolute pleasure. I feel like we could probably talk another like three hours, but I know yeah. you got, you're busy. You got things to do um, real quick for the audience. Uh, could you tell them where they can follow up with you, how maybe they can become a founder if they're interested, uh, where to find you on social and I'll make sure to put those in the show notes too, but uh, where can they find awesome. you? Yes, yes. I think the best way, so I am on LinkedIn. Feel free to, to find me on LinkedIn. And then also best way to find out about this network, the Innovators Network, is to go to www.exi.global. That stands for Exponential Inclusion. So exi.global. So if you go to the website, then you'll be able to find the different things um, that we do and and find that piece. Now, if you can't find the founding, the founding invitation to be a founding member, that's it's limited. So if you can't find that one, direct message me through LinkedIn and I'll let you know if it's still available or not. <laughs> right. On. Yeah, this will probably come out three weeks ish after we uh, right. talk about this. So uh, apologies if we didn't get you. Out <laughs> we'll find something else cool for you. Yes. Okay. Well, we got you covered, everyone. Don't you worry. Right. All right. So, okay. Well, Kristen, thank you so much, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. This is such important work. And just, I think if we could be a little bit more human, it would go a long way in facing all the challenges we do have as you know, this blue marble floating in space, you know, so we need 
more uh, of this shared experience, this shared vision and this exponential revolution uh, of coming together and working together to solve big problems. So thank you so much again, and we'll see you hopefully soon. Sounds great. Thank you, Sean. What an episode with Kristen here. I think the overarching theme of we all want to be included, we all want to be heard, we all want to be recognized as human beings is such a universal and powerful thing. And if we think about it in the terms of what had happened over COVID with a lot of people having the world shrunk into their homes and living rooms and not much else, you know, getting back there and realizing we all had a unique experience through this global pandemic, that we all have unique experiences and that it's worth exploring and it's worth highlighting and it's worth listening as much as it is working on important problems and getting stuff done, you know? In the end, we all find meaning in the relationships we have and we all have a responsibility to really recognize that we are leading our teams, our communities, and the, the people around us. And I think this is such a great conversation around it. So what I took away again from, from Kristen is, you know, getting your mindset right, which is what we had talked about um, in season one with Michael Seeley, you know, doing your kind of like breathing, moving work, in the afternoon when your energy dips and to always be curious you know having that hunger to learn about people's stories and how they think about things and, and really we didn't say it during the episode but withholding judgment to allow just to examine people i think is hugely powerful so i hope you loved this episode if you have a question if you have a different uh, takeaway from yourself or you want to get in the discussion, please go to community.seanbutner.com, which is linked below wherever you're listening to this episode and join the community for free. We help encourage each other to, you know, uh, live with a little bit more meaning to, to go out there and just have a support group of, of people who want to push and do good out in the world. So uh, hopefully you'll join us there. I'd love to cheer you on and you know recognize you for your great questions or great insights into today's episode or any of the other episodes. So with that said, thanks for joining me on the Meaningful Revolution podcast. We'll see you in the next episode.